Well, the draft is just around the corner, and I have an expert joining me, folks. Raphael Barlow of the NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. He joins me next to discuss all the Warriors' options, who they might draft, who they should draft, and so much more. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow Raphael Barlow. He hosts the NBA Big Board. He's the Locked On Podcast Network draft expert. Follow him on Twitter at Barlow500, B-A-R-L-O-W-E-500. You can follow me, Cyrus Hotz, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Raphael, it is so great to see you, man. I know you're an incredibly busy person. This is your busy time of year, uh, so I can't thank you enough, man. uh, We're recording this on Saturday morning, June 17th at approximately 9 a.m. Pacific time. The NBA draft is five days away. Raphael, it is great to see you. How have you been since the last time you've been on? It's been at least a year, I think. Um, And what are your first thoughts on – we'll start with this. What do you think the Warriors – will do on draft day are they trading up are they trading down are they keeping the pick obviously it's a guess but how are you doing and what's your early prediction yeah i'm doing good it's a busy time of year i'm actually headed to new york tomorrow to be my first draft experience and so i'll be there yeah pretty much all week and then i trying to turn into a family trip also so my wife and my my son who's 11 months old is is coming and then my 13-year-old niece is, is, is coming on the trip. So um, trying to mix it in. I got like this guilty thing. I mean, I've only been married <laughs> not even not even two years, and we got a baby. And there's part, this part of me that feels guilty when I'm like traveling and I'm leaving my wife with the baby. Like I went to Paris this year to watch Mimbayama. Then I went to the Combine and so on. So I'm like, you know what, let's just turn this into a family trip and hopefully uh, – I can get something done. <laughs> there you go. And I, I'd honestly, man, I feel guilty if all my trips were to like Hawaii. I, I, I could understand that. But, you know, you're working. You're grinding, dude. It's yeah. oh, it's all good. Yeah. So, so what do you think the Warriors going to do, man? Like, like, I mean, I know it, this could be just an entire guess. Maybe you've heard some things. I don't know. But what do you think the Warriors are doing first and foremost? Do you think they're going to be staying in 19, trading up, trading down? Uh, what does your gut tell you, if nothing else? Well, first thing, I think Jonathan Kaminga is gone. And so I think that is a real possibility. Yeah. And then yeah. I just don't know if you package Kaminga and 19 and, you know, some other fillers for like some front court help. Or are you looking to trade Kaminga for another draft pick? I, I don't know. I mean, it's so many options there. Um, and that's why I kind of wish like the draft was after free agency mm. so you kind of have a better idea like is draymond coming back or, or or so on so um then you know it's a new general manager i mean everything i mean there's some minor changes there but it's a new general manager so it's probably a new philosophy even though it sounds like dunleavy is probably going to just um you know just try to do things similar to to the way things have been done 
So I, I guess I didn't give you a great answer to your question, but I just think there's so many options and things that, that can happen. Uh, but I, I do think that they're going to trade Kaminga. I just don't know if 19 is going out with them. Do you like do you like the idea of the Warriors trading Kaminga? I personally think he's a, a phenomenal talent. I think I think he could under the right circumstances, uh, he could be a, a star, if not a superstar, in this game. I don't understand why the Warriors drafted him if they if what they wanted from him was to be a secondary role piece at this stage of his career. I get it in his rookie season. By the end of his second season, when he's showing tremendous progress, I don't get it so much. Why draft the kid if this is how you want to treat him? Uh, what are your thoughts on Kaminga, man? Like, like, is it smart for the Warriors to trade him? Do you like him? Your thoughts? Yeah, I just think he went to a weird situation to where he was a high draft pick that was raw. I mean, we knew that he was raw coming in. At that time, the G League Ignite season was extremely short. It was mm -hmm. during, I guess, like the COVID, the COVID time. And right. then he didn't play a whole lot of high school basketball. So I feel like they knew that this was a major developmental piece that was going to take some time. And but he was just in a weird situation because he was he needed minutes to develop, but also was on a team that was competing for a championship in the Warriors. I mean, they're doing the right thing by trying to maximize Steph and Clay and all those guys' window. Um, I think it would be a wise decision to trade him if they can get, you know, some some real front court help. So, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking Indiana would, would have an interest. They they really need some help at at forward and. And maybe there's a, some type of package for Kaminga and 19. But then again, the Pacers are four of the first 32 picks. I don't know if they want to add another pick. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's some type of package for Kaminga and Miles Turner. I mean, I think that would that would be a win. I don't know how it could happen. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know if the Thunder – I think the Thunder would have an interest, but I don't know if there's anything that the Warriors would want back that the Thunder have. Um, maybe even Washington. I mean, Washington, mm. they, they look like they're going to be going through a, a big rebuild. I know I, I just saw some reports of Bradley Bill going to Washington. I don't know how that works. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Bradley Bill to the Warriors, but I don't know how that works considering right, right, gazillion dollars and then the Warriors payroll would be like a billion. Uh, I'm joking, but um, and I don't know. Well, no, but you're right. I mean, and I don't know how Bradley Bill like. Would I mean I don't just don't know if he's what they need like like yeah. all their problems last year were defensive their problems last year with size and is is Bradley Beal the answer I don't I no. I've heard some of that speculation too it's it seems weird to me but sorry to interrupt yeah maybe there's some type of deal where it's like Kaminga and and whatever for Porzingis but I think it would have to be some type of sign and trade or Porzingis would have to opt in. Um, I mean, I, I try to think some other teams that that would, would have an interest, but it's like you got to have an interest, but then you got to have something that the Warriors would would need. And I'm just assuming that the Warriors will want some some front court depth, just because yeah. there may be some uncertainty with with Draymond. But even if Draymond comes back, I think some front court depth would be helpful. But oh, desperate, desperately needed. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. with Draymond, they're they're thin. I mean, they, they have virtually nothing outside of him and Kevon Looney, and that's I don't. That's it. I mean, that's literally it. And Draymond Green is six five. Last I checked, so calling him a big is is always a, a stretch, in my humble opinion. You know, uh, one of my sources told me uh, earlier this week, 
Um, that and, and this all started with Jason Giveney of, of oh, I'm sorry, Jonathan Giveney of ESPN. Uh, you know, publishing that little snippet in his latest mock draft under the Warriors pick that they're looking to trade up. Um, and it was kind of I it was it was definitely eyebrow raising because yeah. he included the part about Jonathan Kaminga maybe maybe being traded. That is not so so eyebrow raising given the way he was used this last year. Um and and just how Kerr, you know, I feel like if Kerr trusted him and liked him, we would be seeing him play. So like it doesn't shock me that, that he's on the trade market, but I, you know, is I hope they they get something good back. But regardless, but my point is, uh, we saw the report that they might want to trade up, which seemed kind of weird. I made some calls, and and what I heard is that the Warriors are really interested in Oscar Thompson. He has caught their eye, uh, and that if they make a trade up, that's who they want to trade up for. Um, he does make sense. I mean, he he in a lot of ways he's the antithesis of Jonathan Kaminga. You're not drafting him necessarily for scoring. You're drafting him for, uh, from what I've read on scouting reports, he's a tremendous off ball. He's tremendous in terms of moving off the ball. Uh, Solid rebounder, defender, especially given his size. I've had other draft, uh, you know, uh, uh, experts tell me that the comparison could be Andre Iguodala, although he's a rookie. But anyways, your thoughts on Oscar Thompson maybe going to the Warriors. And what are your thoughts on Oscar? Yeah, I don't like it. I think you might as well just keep Kaminga. We're talking about a guy that is a a gifted athlete. He is a two-time MVP of the Overtime Elite League, but OTE is is such an unknown commodity because Mm -hmm. they just finished their second season. And it's basically like he's gone from high school to the NBA in a sense, even though he's already 20 years old. I right. think the learning curve is going to be steep. It's probably going to be steeper than Kaminga's was because at least Kaminga played in, in the G League, which has, right. a, I mean, the Ignite were new at that time, but it was the G League and it was, I mean, they were heavily scouted. And so I just, to me, that would be, that would be really weird, especially considering that Thompson really struggles as a shooter. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about a guy that shot below 70% from the foul line. on jumpers, around 30% from three in like a high school setting. So I think that it's going to be a lot more difficult for him to like adjust. To me, this is more so of a, if they were to make this, it would be a a long-term deal. I don't see a situation where he helps them out right now. That's how I I see it too. Well, part of the the benefit of that would be with Kaminga, I mean, you're you're starting to creep up on these extensions. I mean, he's yeah. about a year away from those discussions. Whereas if you if you trade him for an Oscar Thompson type, who you can you know develop at least offensively, who can maybe contribute a little bit defensively, um, and if and it sounds like who the Warriors want is someone who's okay with with taking on roles that don't involve them being a focal point of an offense, them getting significant minutes. I mean, I mean, Kerr's. It, it it sucks to, in my opinion, it sucks that they have to acquiesce to what Kerr wants because what Kerr wants, a lot of players don't fit that bill. And, and so you're really limited with your roster construction. Um, but, you know, this is the situation they're in. And, and yeah, so I, I figure that's why the Oscar thing came up is because he would, he would, he would, he's more of a, of a, of a, of an individual who would accept the lesser role without being upset about it. Maybe, uh, I don't know that, and, and the contract part of it, where he'd be in year one versus year three. Yeah. Uh, that's the logic. Who knows? I don't know. Did you like? But so you're. Why is if 
based on what you said, then why is Oscar projected to go so high? I know Eamon's projected to go even higher, but what about Oscar do you like? Yeah, I mean, he's six, seven, seven foot wingspan, really good athlete, a good passer. I don't think there's that much of a difference between him and his twin brother. I think Amin okay. is probably a better athlete, but that's because Amin, like, I think day one, Amin is probably one of the top three or three to five athletes in the NBA. Now, maybe a sword. Wow. I mean, he's phenomenal athlete. Like, if wow. you can, just watch his highlights. It's, it's like effortless athletes. It's, it's literally like Vince Carter mixed with Stacey Augman. Just how Jesus, real flexible okay. and yeah, it's, it's it's just weird. Like it's like when they used to call Stacey Augman Plastic Man because how he could contort his body. It's that type of athleticism, but it's it's very effortless and easy. And I think Asura's, you know, he'd be one of the top, let's say, twenty athletes mm -hmm. but he can pass the ball he is a a you know he rebounds he's a better shooter than Amin but is not like a good shooter by any means so yeah the Iguodala comparisons are are fair uh, I just don't know if a young Iguodala without two years of experience at Arizona helps Golden State right now Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's, uh, uh, yeah, there you go. So, so there are, the, first of all, call, uh, describing as, as one of the most athletic individuals entering the NBA. That's, I mean, I feel like whoever gets him is stoked. Um, I love the Stacey Ogman reference, by the way, it made me think of the old, the old running rebels, man, those yeah. Jerry Tarkanian teams. Man, that was, those are, that was that one UNLV team was just, yeah, that, that was, I don't know. You got me definitely thinking about that. Uh, when we yeah. come back, Sorry, go ahead. What's up? I was going to say they had two really good teams. Just one of them lost to Duke. You're right. And, good and point. Yeah, the, the one that lost to Duke actually, some were saying was better, but like yeah, they won the title, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah the Larry Grandmama and all the, yeah, that was, that was a hell of a team, hell of an era in college basketball because back then people stayed. Um, anyways, we'll have a lot more to talk about because I'm very curious to pick uh, Raphael Barlow's mind when it comes to who could be available if the Warriors keep the 19th pick. I mean, that's also a strong possibility. Uh, first, got to give some love to Prize Picks. Let me get the banner for that. Uh, one of our longtime sponsors, one of the sponsors I love mentioning because it's a shit. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I almost swore right there. Uh, we're recording this again a lot earlier than I normally do. Raphael, you're a host here as well. What are your, what do you love about Prize Picks? So, what do you talk about when you, when Prize Picks comes up on your copy? Us uh, daily fantasy made easy. You just pick two to six players and you just go against the projections. It's not against you or it's not against your friends. It's just the projections available and the money's fast and you get yes, it fast. It and and um, yeah, so it's, it's basically daily fantasy made easy. And, and the, the money fast is a massive perk because a lot of these other websites you use, you might have to deal with sketchy wire services to get your money massive like penalties to, to get money back it's fast and it's easy with prize picks uh as Raphael just mentioned and if you're in california which is where a lot of dub nation is it's legal so as when, when we're doing the FanDuel reads it's it hurts because i want to play FanDuel, and we don't have that in california but we do have prize picks it's daily fantasy made easy you can win a lot of money it's all about over unders with individuals Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match 
up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, $25, whatever it is, they will match it. So when you start playing, you got double the money you put in. But don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every dayers, we actually will not have another show until Tuesday or Wednesday because of travel. It's summer. But follow the program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. This is where we post all our show times, our upcoming guests. And make sure you follow Raphael Barlow on Twitter at Barlow500. B-A-R-L-O-W-E 500. What's the 500, Raphael? What's what's the reason for the for that number? Oh, man. It's back when I was a kid. My dream car was a S500. There you go. There you go, <laughs> man. That's a, yeah, that's a, so. I, I just watched Ford versus Ferrari again on the TV the other day. I, I love that movie, man. That's I don't know if you're... It sounds like you're a car aficionado, so... Um, but so Raphael, uh, the Warriors have the 19th pick. Um, they're probably going to have a lot of options. Um, I went with Jalen Hood, uh, Tofino. Oh, I pronounced mm-hmm. his name right. Maybe yeah. I don't know if I did actually. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Jalen Hood, Tofino, Tofino. Thank you. Yep. Um, that's why I went with for the for the mock draft because uh, he, he fell to 19. I was a little surprised. Um, who do you th- who do you if you if you're doing the mock draft thing? Who do you have the Warriors getting a 19 and describe this player? Actually, I've had Shafino, Hood Shafino mock to the Warriors a, a few times when, I, when I've done mocks. And I think that he is an easier fit because he's a, a bigger point guard at 6'5". He's really good at attacking like drop coverages. He, he's a good passer. I think that he could come in a fit. Um, man, I've done so many of these mocks. On the last one <laughs> I did... I had the Warriors selecting. I want to say I had them selecting a guard. Um, so one of, one of the names that I thought would, would be good for them earlier in the process was um, Derek Lively, but I think he's shooting up. Uh, but Same. I would, Same. I would honestly, I think I would go with Noah Clowney. Oh, from Alabama. Okay, he is he, he provides some size. I think there's promise as as, as a shooter. Even though the shooting numbers weren't great, he did show that he can knock down some shots. So I think that he could be a a person that comes in and provides some size. If if not for him, then I mean I've heard some rumors that they may be looking to move Jordan Poole. Right. And so um, if if Poole is on on the move, then then you would you know replace him with another guard or or maybe even a wing like a Maxwell Lewis, a guy that I think is really good, Max. He's probably one of the more gifted offensive players in this class. The concern or the knock on him is that he went to Pepperdine, and Pepperdine was just bad. I don't uh-huh. even know if they won like 20 games in the last two years he was there. Uh, and some games he, he, was, he missed some time his freshman year, but they were just bad. So there are some knocks about him as a defender. But I've also talked to people that say, well, maybe he just wasn't held accountable. And maybe he has the physical tools to be a defender. And so I think the only reason why he could fall into the Warriors' range is because there are some teams that may feel like this is a guy that is talented but just put up good numbers on a really bad team. 
so you know in this process he's just gonna have to prove to teams that he's he's not a you know a empty stat guy right, but i think he right. can help because i think he's ready to come in as a as a shooter right away um leonard miller would be intriguing leonard yes. miller played for the for the ignite and um my, my Leonard Miller story is he was at the combine last year and he was the worst player at the combine. He, Ooh, was, okay. he was awful. I mean, he was raw <laughs> and, but you saw some flashes of where like he would get a rebound and he outlet the ball and, and make some, some reads. And when I watched him prior to last year's combine, he played like, I think Rhode Island Lamar Odom as like this six ten. Ooh. playmaker passer not like Ooh. a like super crazy athlete but just fluid and, and natural skills and um then with the ignite he had a totally different role obviously they had scoot henderson and they have city sissoko who's also good with the ball in his hands so he, he played this role as like a, a rim finisher rebounder and i mean he was I think he averaged like off the top of my head, I want to say average like 17 and 10 for the ignite this year. Very good timing and, and touch around the rim as far as like getting offensive rebounds. But he's 6'11. He's skilled, he can handle, he can pass. Mm. Some concerns about the shot because it's kind of got like a little funky release, but he's a good free throw shooter. So I think the shooting can develop there. And we didn't get a chance to see like the playmaking skills. Only like small flashes. I think there was a couple games where guys got injured, where um, he you know he played as a playmaker. But I think if you can put that all together, and what I really like about Miller was that, and, and this is without a doubt, in the second half of the Ignite season, he was their best prospect by a okay. long shot. He was a lot better than Scoot Henderson. Scoot took his foot off the gas after All Star break. Wow. But Leonard Miller in March averaged like 22 points, 13 rebounds. Um, I was at a game against the Texas Legends. I live in Dallas where Leonard Miller had 20 points and 20 rebounds. So he's someone that I think could be could be really, really good. Um, pull up the stats for you. I, I had him. Um, yeah, in March, Leonard Miller, 22 points, 12.9 rebounds, two assists. One steal, 1.7 blocks, and not not now listen to this. 64, 58, 90 shooting splits. Wow. At 6'11. So this is again, it's a small sample size because it is like one month. Right. But he was very, very productive. And I think he was trending in the right direction. I think he'll be available to the Warriors at that range. And this is in your and and I mean I'm just any comparison to Lamar Odom. I mean Odom was like a instrumental piece for those Laker title teams. I mean so I that's yeah. I you know when we come back there's a few names I wanted to throw out to you just because you know I'm I'm observing all these different mock drafts and there's like four or five different names that are synonymous with the Warriors in the draft and I want I want to get your thoughts on that uh, to wrap this show up. I want to first give some love to uh, another sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is Ibotta, which is all about saving money, getting cash back on shopping. And, and you know, so when you're doing your grocery shopping, school shopping, whatever you're doing, get a little something back for yourself. I mean, you're already spending money. You want to get some cash back, and that's what Ibotta does for you. Right now, Ibotta is offering your listeners $5 just for trying it out. 
Simply use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, when you register. Just go to the app or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making uh, the Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Raphael Barlow is free and available on Twitter. Follow him there at Barlow500, B-A-R-L-O-W-E, 500. Okay, so uh, just wrapping the show up here. A few names I've been I've seen linked to the Golden State Warriors, depending on whose mock draft you're you're reading. Uh, one name uh, that I've seen, uh, which and his name is moving up in the draft, and and I'm probably going to butcher his last name. He's a local product, played at Santa Clara, uh, and this is guard Brandon uh, Podzemski. Podzemski. Um, your thoughts on him? Yeah, he is uh, someone that like. Late last summer, someone reached out to me and was like, man, you got to check this kid out. He had a really good tour. Santa Clara went on like a European tour. And I looked and like, oh, man, he barely played at Illinois. I think he played like three minutes a game or something like that. Just like, ah, you know, whatever. (laughs) And he was really good. He doesn't pass the eye test. Like when you look at him. You know, like if you went to a gym and, and you saw like the Thompson twins or like 90% of the guys in the lottery, you're automatically going to pick them over Pajemski. And not because he's white. He just does not have like, he just does not fit the part. But man, you, you put him on the court, you put nine other guys on the floor, put some lights on and some fans, he's going to be productive. He, he's hmm. an excellent rebounder. Like he is in my opinion, the best guard rebounder in this class. Wow. And I read that he he played as a big when he was growing up. So it kind of shows, I guess, maybe that's why he has the rebounding instincts. But this season, he averaged 19.9 points per game, 8.8 rebounds as a guard, 3.7 assists, shot 43% from the floor, 48% from, from the field. And at the combine, I, I, it was kind of, it was big for him because he didn't get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. And so this was like his opportunity to go against like some of the, the best athletes or just the best players in this draft class. And he, he stood out. I mean, he made the right reads. He knocked down shots. So I thought he really helped himself. I think he went from maybe second round pick mid second round pick. So I think he's, he definitely could be someone that goes, maybe in the late teens or in the 20s or in the 30s, but I think he's put himself in position to be a first-round pick. That's, 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 there he goes. That's the analysis on him. I've been wondering about him. That's, that's the most description I've, I've heard. On a personal note, I totally understand the whole idea of, you know, learning how to rebound, coaches playing you at a position down low. Like when I was a kid and I was going through my, my chubby kid phase, coaches would do that. I'm like, I don't want to play forward. I hate forward. But because I was chubby, they just immediately thought, oh, you can go down there and you can rebound. I, I And it drove me crazy, but it made me a better rebounder. Um, a few other names, real fast. Uh, and I'll just throw these out collectively. You tell me what your thoughts are. I mentioned Chris Murray, Keegan Murray's twin brother, because some Warrior fans like the idea of Chris 
maybe being NBA red ready, maybe emulating his brother. Um, so some people are talking about him. I've heard Ben Shepard possibly going to the Warriors, Jet Howard, Juwan Sun. Um, and, and one final player, I'll leave it on this, is Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan. Uh, those are some names I've heard linked to the Warriors. Your thoughts? Do any of them stick out to you? We'll wrap it up there. Yeah, what was the first one you mentioned? Uh, the, the the first one was um uh, uh I'm so sorry, man. Uh, it was I, I mentioned Chris Murray, yes, yes, and then yes. before him Ben Shepard out of Belmont. I, I've All heard right. some because he's an older player, so some people feel like he may not be able to fit in right away, coming considering he's he was a senior last year. Yeah, I actually like the the Chris Murray uh, situation one because let's say he's seventy five percent of his twin brother Keegan, right? At that pick at 19, that is great value. And another reason why I think he would be good for the Warriors, and, and it may not be like the best long-term prospect, right. but if you're thinking like right now that can come in and contribute, is yes, he'll be 23 on opening night. So that's significantly older than some of the players in this class. I mean, we got guys that are like 18. Right. But he's ready to contribute. And – you're going to get him in like the early stages of his prime years while he's on a rookie deal. Yeah. So that is beneficial. I mean, you look at like, like Kaminga, for example, by the time Kaminga's in his prime, he's going to be on like his third contract. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so with Murray, I mean, once his rookie deal is over, he'll be like 27. So you have him at like 26, 27 years old making, you know, the money that you pay a 19th pick. So I think you get a lot of bang for your buck there. And again, maybe the upside is not as high as somebody else, but I think he's still, he's going to be good. Again, if he's 75% of Keegan Murray, we're talking about a guy that's probably going to play 10, 12 years. He's a good defender. He can knock down open shots. And um, I think that, I mean, if, if you're looking at a immediate approach, not often do you get a guy at 19, especially as the draft gets younger and younger, that can come in and, and contribute right away. And I think Murray would be a, a good fit for Golden State. Yeah, no, that makes sense considering, uh, you know, Joe Lacob a couple years ago um, with the number 14 pick, he wanted Chris Duarte. Uh, and, and he's in control now, even though I know Mike Dunleavy Jr. is the GM, but uh, even Adrian Wojnarowski reported that, you know, when it comes to big decisions, they still got to run it through Joe. Um, and, and Joe loved Duarte and Duarte was 24 his rookie year. So I don't think the age thing will scare, um, the Warriors off in that regard. That's, that's a great point. I mean, just the fact that you're getting someone who is much more NBA ready yet playing on a rookie deal while contributing that for the Warriors that has to come into play. So good point, man. Uh, promote away. What, what do you got? Go ahead. Kaminga for Duarte, maybe Kaminga for Duarte. You can swap them out. There, yeah, there. That's that's and that's realistic. I do think that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, I can't thank you enough, Raphael. I, you do. You've got a brilliant basketball mind. I respect it tremendously. I can't thank you enough for taking any time out of your busy schedule, especially during draft season. The draft is coming up. It's this Thursday, June twenty second. Uh, and for the Warriors, this is a big one because there might be trades. Uh, even if they make the pick, it could be an an instrumental pick. Um, Raphael, promote away, man. What do you got going on yourself? How can people follow you? Uh, yeah, just mention everything you got going on, please. Yeah, I'm on the first of all, thanks for having me on and thanks for accommodating my crazy schedule. I know it's, it's <laughs> oh, Saturday good, morning, oh, it's like nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning for you. You got to turn on your, your podcast personality. So I totally, I totally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, 
Um, but um, yeah, NBABigBoard.com uh, is just the website. It's the newsletter. I'll be dropping uh, by the time this airs. I'll, I'll have my updated mock draft with some rumors and intel in that. And then there's a locked on NBA Big Board podcast, which is five days a week. And then I'll, I'll be in New York, so I have some content from New York. Um, still got to figure out how we're going to do it on draft night. I don't know if I got to like be in the hallway <laughs> at the Barclays Center or whatever. But we'll see. But yeah, you definitely have some content from the draft and maybe some interviews and reactions from players. I love it, man. And, I can, and again, yeah, it, this early in the morning, I got cobwebs. I'm still trying to shake out. But no I, no, I understand. You are so busy and I can't thank you enough again for coming on. If the Warriors do make some sort of huge blockbuster deal that involves a draft pick or, or, or some or, you know, if they move up and you're free, I'd love to get you back on. But uh totally understand if you're slammed and regardless i can't thank you thank you enough again uh follow rafael barlow on twitter at barlow 500 folks thank you so much we'll be back at this on either tuesday or wednesday depending on my travel schedule uh it is summer rafael thank you everyone thank you and we'll be back at this soon until then take care everyone wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.